0: Let's talk sales framework. Here's the thing. If you don't actually have a sales framework, I can guarantee you that your agency is not even coming close to writing the type of business that you can write, either in quantity or quality, period. If you don't have a framework, you're literally throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks. You're playing the amateur's game. That goes for an agency, but also for producers. If you don't really have A structured approach to sales that starts out with point A, point B, point C, and so forth, I would guarantee you that you're probably only hitting about 50 to 70% of the actual revenue that you could be generating on an annual basis. That's the difference between having a plan, amateur versus professional, versus winging it, typically what I find in a small agency to a more mature agency. If you don't have the sales approach, you're absolutely winging it. In this episode, I'm gonna start to explain to you what I have is my seven-stage framework, seven-point framework, what I call my 12X sales framework. It's going to highlight the areas that you need to focus on so that you can actually have much greater results and build your book of business to a million dollars or more. Stay tuned. What's up, Permission Nation? And remember, quoting is for the weak. This is the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast. My name is Charles Specht and I am your host and I'm glad to be here. As mentioned, we're going to talk about the sales framework that I call the 12X sales framework. It is a seven point process that takes somebody through what they need to do in order to win the business, service the business, renew the business. After all is said and done, that's what we do. We are an insurance agency, insurance agents, producers. We basically sell business, service the business, renew the business. It doesn't have to really be that complicated. We create a lot of complications because we don't have standards, procedures, a strategy, a process, and therefore everybody's doing a little bit different. And because of that... We don't have any sort of cohesiveness in the structure of the organization, and therefore lots trickle out because we have holes everywhere. Everybody's doing things differently. These people are doing this. These people are doing that. These people are going over here. These people are providing great customer service. These people are providing so and so customer service. We have all of these holes inside of our agency, and it causes us to not actually have really good results. I want to talk to you mostly in this podcast episode about the sales process. This is frankly what most people hire me for. This is why individual agents hire me, pay me out of their own pocket, and it's why individual insurance agencies hire me on retainer over the course of the year to work with their entire team. Because most salespeople do not have a structured approach. And so I want to talk to you about the, really the seven key areas, which is what I refer to my framework, the seven key areas to focus on when it comes to selling, Servicing and renewing your clients. We're going to basically front load this. I'm going to talk about the five at the very beginning. I probably really just mentioned six and seven. We might look at that in a different podcast, but we're going to look at the first five, which is everything from the very beginning to actually getting the signature on your bind documents. The five steps from the very beginning of prospecting to actually getting a signature on the bind order. But let me give you these seven so that you can kind of get a feel for where we're going. The first one is going to be pre prospecting. Pre prospecting. The second one is prospecting. The third step is your first appointment or your first meeting. The fourth step is strategic rapport. The fifth one is your proposal or the presentation. I refer to it as proposal. And then six and seven. Six is the delivery of services, and seven is pre renewal. So again, pre prospecting prospecting, first appointment, strategic rapport, proposal, delivery of services, and pre-renewal. Let's break these down. Why I want to break these down is because if you have a breakdown in your actual process on any of these first five steps, you're likely not going to win the business. It's going to be a struggle for you. It's very difficult to put a prospect in the top of the funnel and have it work its way all the way down to come out the bottom of the funnel as a client. Too many things happen in these first five stages of the sales process. Let's talk pre-prospecting. This is basically laying the foundation of the house. I would like to use this illustration of laying the foundation of a house because I think it aptly helps us to understand what exactly we're talking about. Building the house is all of the prospecting, setting appointments, meeting with people. The foundation work, which the house is built upon, is very, very important. If the foundation is messed up, you're going to have a messed up sales process. So this pre-work, foundation work, is everything that you do before you even pick up the phone call to make the first cold call. It's all the pre-prospecting work. By pre-prospecting, I mean we need to figure out what types of accounts you're going to go after, what size of the accounts are that you're going to go after. What geographic territory you are going to go after these. I also take a look at your schedule. Where are we going to be spending our time? When we're starting to figure out even what our prospecting approach is going to look like, we need to figure out what ways in which we're going to prospect and what is our follow-up approach going to look like. This is all pre-prospecting. This is planning, in other words. Pre-prospecting, because we're not prospecting yet, all of this comes into play trying to figure out what is the type of an account we're going to go after, and then even putting together the timeline of services, trying to figure out what are some of the main problems that this type of client prospect has. What are all the major pain points that this particular insured in your micro niche actually experiences, both that are service-related as well as industry-related, right? So, for example, truckers, they have a significant problem with insurance. Their insurance cost for transportation trucking companies is very high. It's high on the vehicle side with the uh, vehicles. It's high on the workers' compensation side. And the employee benefits is out of control as well. Those are problems on the premium side in regards to that particular industry. There's also problems in their business, such as can't find new drivers, can't keep the drivers that we have because they keep getting poached from our competitors. So those are problems that they have. When we are doing our pre-prospecting, when you're doing your pre-prospecting, you need to really understand about all the basics of laying the foundation. Because if you're going after the wrong business right off the bat, everything else is messed up. Everything else is messed up. So in this pre-prospecting plan where we're at, we have to understand what do our carriers really want to write? And do we have access to the carriers for the types of accounts that we want to write? You know, sometimes I'll be talking to an insurance agent and they say they want to go after um, sports-type companies. Uh, maybe like even e-sports or rather exports. you know, that talk about hiking and snowmobiling and all that kind of fun stuff, right? Somebody's writing it, but that's kind of a specialization. And many of the normal sort of standard carriers really sort of shy away from a lot of that stuff. And so even though it might be uh, maybe a bunch of industries out there where they're at in your local geographic territory, it doesn't mean that you have the carriers that want to write that. And so you could say, I want to write Snowmobile accounts, but if you don't have carriers that want to write it, you are going to be unsuccessful. And so the pre-prospecting approach has to take all this into consideration. Even like when you're looking at a particular class of business, based upon the services that they need, expect, or require, does your agency have the ability to start putting that type of service together, or do you already have it in place? Because if that is a requirement of being able to actually win that business, and your agency either doesn't have it and can't put it together, that would be a waste of time. And it's important to know that up front before you start making phone calls on this, and then realize you know, later down, two, three months into it, this was a bad, bad approach. Pre-prospecting is so important. I would tell you that probably um, 80% of my clients hire me for pre-prospecting problems. They don't realize that it's pre-prospecting problems, but that's why every single one of my clients that I work with, whether it's one-on-one or whether it's in group, is that I focus with each of them initially dealing with pre-prospecting. Because if we can get the foundation taken care of, everything else gets a whole lot easier and it works better. But the pre-prospecting is by far and away one of the most important parts. I mean, they're all important. But frankly, this is the very beginning. And if you're getting off on the wrong foot, everything then goes in the wrong direction. So pre-prospecting, very important. The second one here, prospecting. Now we're really going to get to the heart of the issue. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is activity. This is you actually picking up the telephone and dialing seven digits. This is you putting together the email and doing the walk-in visits, going out to all the networking events, and trying to meet people. The goal of prospecting, well, there's one. There's one goal. Can you guess what it is? The goal of prospecting is to get to the third stage in the sales process. The third one is that first appointment. So the entire goal of prospecting has one specific outcome, and that is I set an appointment with a prospect who wants to meet with me. Trying to get somebody who's a business owner that pays premium to be willing to give me 30 minutes of their life to talk about insurance. That's the whole goal of prospecting, to set that first appointment. So all of the cold call carrot, all that pre-prospecting you did at the very beginning, trying to figure out what your messaging is going to be and all of that, when you finally get down to actually doing the phone calls, actually sending the email, figuring out social media and all of that, and then utilizing it, doing the direct prospecting, the whole goal is to set the appointment. This is, I think, where a lot of producers get caught up, okay? Obviously, not too many people love this stage. People don't like to prospect because very often this is where the rejection comes into play. People don't like being rejected. A lot of times people don't want to make phone calls for half an hour or an hour or two hours a day. And so it's because of our laziness that we actually throw in the towel even before we start to achieve some level of success. Prospecting is difficult. But prospecting needs to get done. Otherwise, you're not going to have anybody to sell anything to. So it is absolutely necessary. A lot of producers don't mind the pre-prospecting work because that's kind of fun. You're starting to build everything. You're starting to create it. And then when I say, and by the way, now I want you to actually start making phone calls. It's like, oh, I, I don't want to make the phone calls. Please, Charles, don't make me make the phone calls. Or, you know, I, don't, I want you to send the email or do walk-in visits. I want you to actually go and walk into these accounts. Oh, Charles, I don't want to do that. And well, that's the problem is that we don't actually require our producers to really prospect on a regular basis. By regular, I mean weekly, certainly, certainly weekly, potentially daily. Prospecting, it has to happen though, because this is all about trying to set up the appointment. Once you can set up appointments, then you get a chance to go for stage three that is, preparation and uh, having the first appointment this is going to reco- this is going to basically require you to do some discovery work you know as you set the appointment now you need to go find out more about the account you going need to start you know checking out social media accounts for the person you're going to speak to see if you can find any articles on the company you're going to do that pre prospecting work or rather the uh, the pre uh, discovery work of the pr- of the uh, first appointment then when you actually get to the appointment there's a lot of things that you need to do and I would say this is another major area where most insurance agents shoot themselves in the foot and don't get really good results because we show up to the meeting, but we don't really have a structure. There's no strategy. We're basically saying, "Hey, how you doing? You know, it's good talking to you. Um, you know, how's the weather? Like, you, know, you you buy insurance? Like, I sell insurance. Can we can we talk about it? Like, it's just you're showing up and not saying anything. That's frustrating. It's frustrating for you. Definitely frustrating for your." agency leadership. And I can tell you it's also very frustrating for the insured because they want to deal with somebody who understands what's going on. Are you a local insurance agent struggling to find markets for your clients? Look no further than Nationwide Brokerage Solutions. And so that first appointment, if you don't have, listen, I need to talk in the microphone, slow it down just a little bit because I think I might have missed you for a little bit there. I want to bring it back and just start talking to you about the need for a strategy. If you, my fellow Americans, if you do not have a strategy for the very first appointment, you are an amateur. That's just flat-out amateur hour, right? That is amateur hour. I mean, you're going to meet with a prospect and literally waste almost an hour of the remainder of that person's life to force them to to meet with a stranger, to talk about insurance, something they want to talk about, and to, to talk about something they don't even understand, the audacity it is of an insurance agent to just wing it and show up with no real structure. How dare you? Am I talking to anybody here? I mean, I think I'm talking to some people here. Maybe not you. Maybe you're somebody that's actually got like a really good program. You've got a really good structure. But maybe there's other people at your agency or maybe just others that you know in the industry. Maybe I'm talking mostly to them or, you know what? Maybe I am talking to you. Maybe I am talking to you. In this first meeting, there are basically three things that we're trying to accomplish in this meeting. You got to uncover problems. You need to present solutions. And the goal is competitive dethronement. You are uncovering problems. You are presenting your solutions via your timeline of services. And the goal is competitive dethronement. You are trying to dethrone your competitor who is already providing the services that you would like to start providing to that particular insurance buyer. Problems, solutions. Competitive dethronement. That's the goal of the first appointment. And if you don't even know what's the first question you're going to ask, if you don't even really have a structured strategy, and we're going to go talk about this and then this and then this and then this with the goal at some sort of like ending part of that appointment, I'm swinging it. You say, well, Charles, like, what then really is the goal? What is the final goal of that first appointment? Excuse me. Hello. It's called the broker of record letter. That's what we're trying to shoot for here. We're trying to get people to fire their agent and hire you. Competitive dethronement. We're trying to uncover all the problems that we can potentially uncover in the relationship that the insured has with both the agent, the agency's uh, personnel, and the carrier. And then we can provide our solutions so that the insured sees us as the obvious choice of which agent to have going forward. And then when we get to the final part of that first appointment, where we then unveil our 12-month timeline of services and we go through it so that they can actually see what they're going to get when they hire us. All the amazing services that are going to take care of all the problems that they have in life. And then we finally get to the end of that appointment and say something like, Bob, are these the services you would want from me as your agent going forward if we were to become your agent? I mean, how about that for a question? Bob, are these the services you would want from me and my agency going forward if we were to become your agent? Why, yes, Charles, that's exactly what we're looking for. I mean, those are exactly the, the services that we're looking for. Great, Bob. That's when you bring out the little piece of paper, you slap it on the desk, and you say, Bob, with one signature, we can make this happen. At this point, what we need to do is simply start implementing the services that we have to offer. What you can do with a signature on this piece of paper called a broker record letter is that it essentially transfers all of your policies away from the other agent who hasn't been providing the services and it in in essentially terminates that relationship. It transfers those policies to us so that we then begin to service the policies, we handle the renewal, we then give you the services effective immediately that we're talking about. One signature on a piece of paper. That's what I want to do going forward is to have you sign this document. Make us your agent, and then we handle all of these problems and take care of them for you. That's the goal. That's the goal. I don't know. What was your goal? Was your goal, please, oh, boy, I hope your goal wasn't this. Was your goal just to get that appointment, waste their time, and then at the end say, okay, great, where's your policies? Let me take a look at your policies, and I'm going to go ahead and photocopy some deck pages and I'm going to take those deck pages back to my office, and I'm going to really you know, spend the next 14 hours going through all your deck pages and seeing what you've got there. I hope that isn't your goal. It might be something you can do, but I hope that's not your goal. I hope that's not your goal. Competitive dethronement is the goal. So just to kind of rehash, remind ourselves, what were those first three points? Pre-prospecting prospecting. First appointment, now comes the step four. And this, I think, is probably the one step out of all of them that gets the least amount of love. The least amount of love. And this is strategic rapport. rapport. Strategic rapport. Or we might call it pre-proposal. All the things that you do for the time in between when you have that first appointment with the insured, to the point in which you finally then bring your actual proposal. Everything that you do in that time gap, that's this fourth step. The pre-proposal, strategic rapport is the goal. It might be that if you're meeting with the account 45 days before it comes up for renewal, then what are you doing in those 45 days once you leave the insurance office? What are you doing? Are you ghosting them for three or four weeks? I sure hope not. I know by personal experience when I first got into the business that that doesn't work out very good. I once was working on an account, and I had a great, I had a, great uh, a great, carrier, wonderful policy, extremely competitive pricing. Um, but I didn't meet with the insured, talked to him probably for like, I don't know, 30, 40, 45 days, something like that. And then I gave him a call about a week. No, it must have been like three or four days before his renewal. I said, all right, I've got my quote. I know I'm ready to meet with you. And he said, who are you again? He, he literally forgot who I was. And I was like, oh, I'm Charles. I'm, I'm the guy that you know met with. You know, I'm, I'm giving you an insurance quote. And he's like, oh, man. He goes, I just like, I completely forgot about you. I already renewed with my current agent. But wait a minute, Bob. I mean, I'm doing all this work. I, said, hey, I don't remember you. Like, well, what's your quote? I told him what my number is like. He's like, man. He goes, I really wish you would have come by because that's a very good quote and I would have gone with it. Like, that was a major learning moment for me please stop ghosting these people who are giving you the time of day. You have to be strategic about it. And I would tell you that that downtime is where you can truly position yourself in a strong way where most agents, I feel like, really do a poor job. And it's not just a matter of like you know, sending them an email, say, hey, I'm still alive, wanted to let you know I'm still alive. No, it's like you're very, being very strategic about it. Maybe you put together... Um, an email campaign where you're going to send seven emails over the course of a seven-week period to your insurance buyer based upon already prescripted emails that are that are set up for a certain micro niche like plumbers. And so you're sending seven emails a week apart that deal with how a plumbing company can be more profitable, how the CEO of a plumbing company can be more productive, how a plumbing company can find new employees, like all of that. What it's doing is it's being able to build rapport, confidence with the insured that you know what you're talking about because they're not going to feel comfortable with you because if you don't have any of that, then really, frankly, all you are is a number. That's it. They met with you 45 days ago. You're showing up with a proposal. All you are is a number. This strategic rapport gives you the chance to competitively dethrone the competitor the incumbent agent, many, any other competitors and so forth. And it gives you that chance to build that comfort and confidence with the insurance buyer. Again, I feel like this is probably the area where most insurance agents fall short. I know it was definitely an area that I lacked in, but it's also like one of the areas where like, even if you did a little bit, you're going to be so much further ahead of the competition. So putting together whatever that strategic rapport is going to be, In between the downtime between the first appointment and the proposal. If you can be very strategic about it, I actually feel like your increase on the hit ratio from quote to bind goes up by about 15%. You're going to win 15% more clients over the course of a year just because you have a better approach on this fourth step. Strategic rapport. Finally, we come to the fifth step. The fifth step. This is where we start to talk about the proposal. This is where you're actually showing your numbers. This is the presentation. And I refer to this also as victorious positioning. This is the presentation, the proposal, victorious positioning. Another way in which I refer to this is the front door of your agency. This step, when you're sitting down with the insured, the prospect, to go over your final numbers is the front door of the agency where you're trying to finally get them to come into your agency. This is an important part, and frankly, again, if you don't have a structured approach to this victorious positioning, <clears throat> you're winging it, you're an amateur, you're throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks, that's not a strong place to be. And can I also say, I actually feel that the vast majority of insurance agents lack in this area a lot. Why? Because most agencies, one, don't have sales training. Most agencies, two, if they even have sales training, it's really not that much. Three, many agencies don't even have a proposal template to put together. Four, they really don't even have any standards on what it's going to be. Five, they've never said or trained anybody when you're sitting down face-to-face, here's exactly what you should say or not say when you're going over a proposal with a prospect. I'll tell you that. This is one of the things I teach on. What really should be the focus on what our proposal ought to include? I mean, look, when you sit down with your prospect, you're sitting down in the prospect's office, Bob's the prospect. You're sitting down across the desk. Bob's on his side of the desk. You're on your side. You give Bob his copy of the proposal. All right, Bob, go ahead and open it up to that first page after the cover there. Great. Um, What does your proposal normally say? Hey, what's that first page? Here's what I would suspect it probably says. Probably says something about you. What is this about you? Is this whole presentation about you? It's not about you. It's not about you. What I actually feel should be as potentially is I need to go back and just remind insured about some of the things we talked about back in step three when we met for that first appointment. Right? Bob? By the way, I didn't even like mention this, but in that first appointment, you should get three things if you're gonna go through a quoting process exclusivity to access certain carriers you want. Um, you have a firm commitment from the insured that if you accomplish A, B, and C, they're going to guarantee you the business. And three, they're not going to share your quote with the other agent. Uh, if you have those three things, go through the quoting process. If not, then just stop at that point. But I just feel like if I'm going to sit down and go through all of those hours you know, over the course of that time, doing all that work, putting together submission, talking to underwriters, all that kind of stuff, I need to have a structured approach. And when I have Bob open... That at cover and see the first page. I need to remind him about what we agreed to to get to this point. That first page is going to have the list of the carriers that he gave me access. Bob, first, I just want to say thank you for giving me carrier A, B, and C here. Um, you allowed me to be able to work with these carriers because I knew I needed these in order to really bring you some solid numbers. And I thank you for allowing me the exclusive access to be able to work with these carriers. As you're going to see, I've got quotes from each of these three, and I'm excited about being able to go through it. Two, the thing that we talked about here is I had to be at least less expensive than the other agent in order to win your business. And so I really appreciate you being open and transparent with me, you know, saying that my quote had to be less than the other agent's quote in order to win your business, that you would guarantee me the business if I was less expensive. I appreciate that, Bob, and that you're a man of integrity and you are, you know, willing to, you know, just be transparent with me. Thanks for that. The third thing here is um that you are that you have given me your word that you're not going to share my numbers with the other agent or any other agents. And you haven't shared their quotes with me. I just appreciate you again being you know a very ethical person, you know, to make that that stance. I just appreciate that and thank you for doing that because this is what we agreed to for us to go forward. Um, by the way, if that's the first page that you open up in your proposal, it sets the tone for everything. It reminds Bob about what Bob said to you. Why? Because Bob forgot what he said to you. It's been 45 days since he met with you to talk about something that makes him uncomfortable. He can't remember what he said to you. And by the way, even during that strategic rapport time, that's when you need to be like reminding them about the three things that they gave you, right? And so this isn't going to be the second time Bob is hearing it or seeing it. It's just a reminder now that as you're going through this, these are the things we agreed to, Bob, that if I accomplish A, B, and C, I'm guaranteed the business. And so now we're going through that. That's what your second page ought to be in your proposal. The third page should be your timeline of services. You have to go through and remind him, Bobby, if you remember, you said this was a major problem and your agent wasn't doing this. And this was another issue that your agent wasn't providing this. And you said that you really wanted this. And so as you can see from our timeline of of services, we're going to provide that to you the third day after your policy actually binds with us. So we're going to be able to provide all of these things to you. These are the services that you're going to receive from us over the course of the next 12 months. It just sets the tone on what it's going to be like to be serviced by you. However, you've got your proposal template, hopefully you've got things in there that are going to secure you from, EO coverages or rather, EO exposure and so forth. But you're going to go through the remainder of your proposal. You ought to have some sort of document that the insured signs in order to bind coverage with you. Um, I would also tell you during this proposal part, you better not be meeting with that insured until they have received their quotes from their, the other agent or agents. Do not show up with a quote way before the renewal period. And do not show up with a quote If unless you are the last person in. That's a place of strength. That is a place of positioning. We have to position ourselves for victory. That's why it's called victorious positioning, right? We need to be able to put ourselves in a place in which to win and not lose, right? So just these these five steps. This is my framework. With all of these steps, I have lots of different topics that I work each of the producers through so that we can go through all of these. The first one is pre-prospecting. The second one is prospecting. The third one is what to do in your first meeting. The fourth one is strategic rapport. The fifth one is your proposal. Again, we didn't really talk about six and seven. Six is the delivery of those services over the course of the next 12 months. That is your the back door of the agency, right? The proposal is the front door. The services is the back door. We're making sure nobody leaves. They're all staying in. We've got the back door covered. And then the sixth, seventh part is the pre-renewal everything you do on that account to renew your client. There's a lot of things that has to be done. But I'm just focused on prospecting in this episode. And if you don't actually have those five areas from the very start to the point in which they sign on the dotted line and give you the deposit check, you're going to lower your hit ratio dramatically. This is what I focus on. Again, there's lots of different subtopics underneath all of these different things, And that's what I teach and train insurance agents on what to do and how to do them and to be more effective at them so that the end goal is that they can win more loyal clients while they build a $1 million or more book of business. More loyal clients as you're building your $1 million or more book of business. If you feel like you are deficient in some of these areas, feel free to reach out to me. Reach out to me. Let's schedule a conversation, a Zoom call To kind of talk through some of these things and to see if maybe I can help you with one of my coaching or training programs. Let me also say this if you're an agency owner and you feel like you're just not getting a lot of the production out of your sales team, like you know, really, you should be getting, I would say it's because you've got a lot of holes in these first five steps. Contact me and we'll see if we can put together some kind of a a sculpted training package for your agency where we can begin to train your people on how to actually do these five steps, which is going to increase their hit ratio dramatically so that they actually write more business. At the end of the day, winning, it's more fun than losing. I love to hear the word yes. I love when my prospect says, yes, Charles, let's go with it. That's what I like to do. That is just fun. Quoting and not winning, that's not fun. That's something that amateurs do. You're not an amateur, are you? Of course, you're not. You're a professional. That's why you're listening to the Millionaire Insurance Producer Podcast because you want to build a book of business to a million dollars or more. And mediocrity is not something that you're excited about continuing for the rest of your career. How do you stop? You stop now by taking advantage of the opportunity that's there in front of you. Stop winging it. Stop throwing mud against the wall to see what sticks, and start getting a strategic. Process a 12x sales framework that actually works and wins you new clients. I know it works. I got hundreds of clients that say it works, and it will work for you too. My name is Charles Specht, and I am the president and CEO of Permission Network Insurance Agency, where I teach and train insurance agents just like you how to build a one million dollar or more book of business through signed broker of record letters. This is the millionaire, insurance producer.